Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. Thank you so much for tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast. This is a weekly show where I, your host Alex, rotate in discussing true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, eerie folklore tales, urban legends, and conspiracy theories to provide you, and more than likely what your nearby folkloric dancers would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week I am talking about a reportedly haunted hotspot, but as always, before I dive in, got a little bit of housekeeping, and I need to tell you what I need a distraction from this week. If you just want the meat and potatoes, or the main dish, I guess, of this episode, feel free to skip ahead about three, four minutes-ish. When it comes to housekeeping, I just want to say thank you to everyone that came to celebrate three years of Weird Distractions on the Instagram Live. I can't believe I've been doing this show for three years now. It feels like just yesterday Christy and I started the show, and so I just want to take a little bit a moment share my gratitude i am so thankful to everyone that has been listening since the beginning new listeners people that have maybe come in and out of listening to the show just anyone who has taken the time to listen because this has been something that i've wanted to do for a really long time and to be honest when christy and i first started i didn't see us doing it more than a month or two so the fact that i'm now doing it going on three years is remarkable so thank you thank you thank you i just want to thank everybody i I'm feeling so very, very grateful and very excited to see what the rest of this year has for myself and my little baby project being the show. As well, a reminder for patrons, next Sunday being the 30th, there will be an even weirder series episode out. If you're not on Patreon and want to get in on this series, go to www.patreon.com slash podcast to see which of the two tiers work best for you and get some more distractions. In terms of my need for distraction this week, I would say it's work because I'm just getting a little bit burnt out. Um, There's been changes in how we provide services to folks in our community. So for those who don't know, I work with a very vulnerable population and most times I'm seeing people at their worst. And because of that, I find that if I'm not maybe providing them what they're looking for or what they need or I'm the bearer of bad news, things can get pretty negative pretty quick and you know people can be harsh as hell when they're struggling so with the changes that my program is doing i'm seeing a lot more of that lately i'm seeing a lot more you know catching people in lies catching people at their worst who probably would love to see me just drop dead some days i'm not kidding either like i will become enemy number one and it's a weird feeling i don't like being the bad cop in a situation so it's been a lot 
lot to try and process and try to accept. And one of my favorite sayings is you can't make everyone happy. You know, you're not a slice of pizza or something like that, because realistically, you cannot make everyone happy. But that doesn't mean it still doesn't suck and still isn't hard to accept that you're going to be probably the protagonist or the villain in someone's story. So my need for distraction is I just don't want to think about work during this episode. I just want to hypothetically go somewhere and get my spooky on. So without further ado, let's do that. For this week's Paranormal Distraction, we're heading over to Malaysia for the first time ever. Grab your passport and your carry-on as we hit up Mimaland, an abandoned resort in the state of Selangor that is allegedly haunted. Because of this location's reported haunts, we'll break this episode down like previous ones. I'll cover the history, get into some cult observations, and finally get into the supposed spookiness of it all. Due to potential coarse language and adult themes that some may find disturbing, listener discretion is advised. As mentioned, this week's story takes us to the state of Selangor, but more specifically to the Gomba district. The Gomba district is approximately one hour and 20-ish minutes, depending on the route, from the country's capital being Kuala Lumpur. Nestled off of the Jean Kambak Road in Gomba lies what once was meant to bring joy and entertainment. Mima Land, which according to online resources is an acronym which actually means Malaysia in miniature land, sprawls over a vast 300 acres. Within this property, the final product contained a total of 24 motel rooms, 5 chalets, and 1 swimming pool. Construction reportedly began in 1970, and by 1975, the gates were open to outsiders looking for some fun and relaxation. Backtracking a little bit, planning started prior to and was backed by the Malaysian government. The government, like many others across this floating rock, were trying to basically promote tourism to the country and try to emphasize that Malaysia was a good destination for anyone's next travel spot. Further focusing on the details of Mima Land, according to a Los Angeles Times article from November 23rd of 1975, each of the 24 motel rooms would come with air conditioning, piped music, and a phone, which for the time was probably a big old deal. The chalets would come with their own kitchenettes and were reportedly capable of housing six people per unit. In terms of what you could do during your stay at Mimalan, the resort offered quite a bit. For example, there reportedly was a prehistoric animal park containing dinosaur models and the option to go boating and fishing on a nearby lake. As well, there was a giant maze and, as mentioned earlier, a swimming pool. Based off of a Honolulu Star Bulletin article from 1975, there were also demonstrations of batik printing, mat weaving, and pewter crafts done by locals for guests which I find really interesting and actually really cool because basically they were offering a deeper experience into the culture. There were also reported mosques installed on site, along with gardens, a flower nursery, picnic areas, and more. In other words, this place was bumping with all kinds of different things to do and see. A beautiful place like this is not without its fair share of trauma, though. According to some resources I came across online, in January of 1993, a 27-year-old 
from Singapore reportedly died on one of the giant slides at Mimaland. The park was temporarily closed while the accident was investigated, resulting in the park making changes to the slide the man had died on, according to a direct quote from the website Our Paranormal World. However, I did come across some conflicting reports where it was said that the 27-year-old involved in this incident didn't actually die at the park, but rather had broken a collarbone. Still, kind of a traumatic event that took place, but maybe not necessarily resulting in death. Based off of one post mentioning this on Facebook, there was a death that took place allegedly in 1977 involving a 24-year-old that reportedly drowned in the pool at Mimaland. Whether either of these incidences took place or not is up for discussion, but what isn't is what took place in May of 1994. In May of 1994, a landslide completely destroyed the swimming pool at Mimaland and caused just overall awful damage to the resort. One website called The Property Hunter, not to be confused with The Property Brothers, indicated that the landslide may have actually been caused by development in the area. In a direct quote from the Property Hunter website, in 1994, development in the area caused a minor landslide and safety became a major concern. End quote. The landslide reportedly caused damage to the walls of Mimaland's pool, and the resort was forced to shut down in order to try to figure out, okay, are we going to be able to fix this? Are we going to be able to prevent this from happening in the future? It kind of put them at this weird standstill where they couldn't obviously operate with anything else until this was resolved. Pool damage may not sound like a big deal, but supposedly this incident caused muddy water to seep into the pool, making for a big old mess with some big old repairs needing to be done, and it probably came with a big old price tag. Speaking as someone who has never owned a pool, but has always wanted to own a pool, just a general backyard pool is expensive in and of itself, so I can't imagine, I, like I can't even fathom how much money this would have cost Mimaland to try and fix. And what I don't know is whether or not the Malaysia government was offering to help them in this situation. That is something I was not able to find online. Mimaland officials and employees probably were having a hard time with this damage, and things only just seemed to get worse for them because lawsuits began flying in towards Mimaland. Basically, there were accusations that allegedly Mimaland struggled with security and safety issues up and down. I wasn't able to verify this further online, and most of my resources seem to kind of repeat the same things without any further detail, so I don't have the nitty-gritty of it all. I don't know what the lawsuits specifically were claiming. All I found online was that people were basically threatening or suing Mimaland because of quote-unquote safety and security issues. With that said, the park eventually shut down permanently in 1994. The park and its buildings, from my understanding, remain as they did back in 1994. Which, if you're a 90s baby and you were specifically born in 1994, you and I damn well know that was a great year, but not for Mimaland, of course. Based on pictures I've seen online, things at the park seem kind of more dilapidated in the last 29 years. And the park is seemingly filled with more graffiti and less of the fun and relaxation it once held. Even though Mima Land is not technically, from my understanding, open to visit, many believe that there is something still remaining at the park. And it's not just wildlife that is visiting the park and maybe going down the water slides. But before we get even weirder with this week's distraction and discuss the paranormal reports, 
Let's dive in to some occult observations. For new listeners to Weird Distractions, Occult Observations is a mini-segment where I read the good, the bad, and the downright weird online reviews of the locations discussed on the show. I started this segment, I want to say over at least a year ago, and to be honest, I'm obsessed with it. I love doing it. It is the little bit of comic relief that I like to throw in an episode, which typically it involves the paranormal hotspots discussed, but hey, you never know what we may observe in the future with this segment. The title of this little segment is courtesy of Lindsay from Yield Crime, which as a network plug, go listen to Yield Crime, please and thank you, especially if you haven't tuned in as of yet. I will go over two negative reviews followed by two positive ones so that we end things on a high note before we get down and spooky with the paranormal reports. So let's get into the negative Nancy reviews, shall we? The first review is from user YapSY. They posted this about three years ago, and they gave one out of five stars. The review reads, It's closed down and look haunted. End of review. Very observant. I loved a short and sweet review that gets right down to it. So thanks, Yap SY. The next and last negative review is from user Shaw IU. They post this about two years ago, and they also left a one out of five star rating. Their review reads, It's so scary and dark. End of review. Again, found a shorty that I love. And you know what? I bet you they're not wrong either. I bet you it is scary and it's probably dark at night, so bring a flashlight. Now onto the positive reviews. The first positive review is from user Bankel Karat. They posted this two years ago and they gave five out of five stars. The review reads, This place are abandoned to enter. If you try go in, please get permission from the guard. Talk nicely, he will let you go. The best part is the prehistoric kingdom that have dinosaurs. Some are broken, some still standing good. Beware of Pacat, too many of them. End of review. And just a little note of this, and I could be very wrong because what do I know? But I'm pretty sure Pacat may be a kind of leech. And if that's the case... Catch me not going to Mima land. I'm sorry. I don't fuck with leeches. I don't... No. I don't like it. And if I'm wrong, please let me know. What What, what is a pacat? It's P-A-C-A-T. What is it? It sounds weird and spooky and not the kind of weird and spooky that I typically like. Now on to the last occult observation being from user andar 2 Farasi. They post this about four years ago and they left five out of five stars. Their review reads... If I become a minister, I will rebuild Mimaland. End of review. Maybe a future for Mimaland can happen someday, but for now, what remains is what the resort once was, and the alleged paranormal phenomena said to be taking place. Speaking of which, let's just dive into some of the alleged activity going on at Mimaland. Let's figure out what is going bump in the night. It may come to no surprise that a 2020 horror adventure film named after Mimalan was born and filmed on the former site. According to the website Our Paranormal World, the film crew experienced unexplained equipment failures and sudden unexplained movement in the surrounding jungle. Which, if you ask me, is a little ironic given that it's a horror movie being filmed on a paranormal hotspot. It's definitely not the first of its kind, and you bet your sweet buttons it's not going to be the last. Now, these claims could be explained with some logical reasonings, 
such as shoddy film devices or just animals in the jungle. Yet some have occurred other paranormal experiences that aren't necessarily easily explained. For example, people have allegedly heard disembodied voices and whispers while wandering the former resort. There have been claims of random cold spots, people feeling a mist-like touch by unseen forces grace their arms and legs, as well as unexplainable light anomalies. One of the weirdest and most intriguing claims is that people who visit Mimaland reported feeling as if time slips while on the property versus the rest of the world. I'm not sure if this time slip means that time goes by faster while at Mimaland or if it goes by slower. Regardless, this isn't the first paranormal location I've learned about that has this that has had this time-related phenomena allegedly taking place. Last on the paranormal docket is a claim that probably is more eerie than the rest. There are rumors and allegations that many more lives were lost at Mimaland, and therefore the amount of dark, tragic moments on site may have invited some demons. That's right, and if Zach Baggins finds out, he will be all over this location, before you can even finish saying the word demon. And a direct quote from the website Our Paranormal World to elaborate further on this demon claim, quote, It is believed that there were more accidents in the park that were quickly paid off and buried. This had led to the theory that dark spirits, being demonic ones, have been attracted to the park and roam the grounds till long after the closure. People have seen shadow figures moving in the abandoned buildings and the jungle taking over the site. There are other reports of hysteria among visitors to the abandoned park, which many claim are a result of possession of evil spirits. End quote. Again, if you know Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, you know this kind of claim would make him probably beg and plead anyone he could to visit this site. Which I also don't blame him in the sense that this is a spooky location. There's a lot going on here. A lot that we also don't know. But yeah, the man flees to demons like no one else in the paranormal investigation field, it seems. Given the semi-known history of Mima Land and just the notion that there is still so much we don't fully know, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these claims are backed by urban legends or dustings of folklore. Which, speaking of folklore, according to the New Straits Times article, many believe that land Mima Land is on is actually inhibited by Orang Buani. The Orang Buani is a supernatural entity reportedly based in Malaysia, Bruneian, and Indonesian folklore. They are said to be almost ghost-like entities that are invisible to humans, except for those with special sight. And some believe that they are responsible for the spookiness taking place at Mimaland. But who's to say? Maybe with more exploration, we may be able to figure out what is or what isn't taking place. On that note, I'm going to wrap up this week's distraction. Although this is another shorty in terms of episode length, I must say the idea of a haunted former resort is absolutely terrifying to the point where we probably could go on and on and on discussing why places like Mimalan are so creepy. Today, Mimalan looks as if one day everyone checked out and never returned. That, plus all the allegations and rumors of potentially more deaths and traumatic things happening on the property, you have just a perfect equation for folklore and urban legends and potential supernatural things taking place on site. Overall, you just have this area that 
is really freaking creepy. In a direct quote from a says website, quote, What's obvious is that the place is dilapidated and vandalism has only made it worse. All these things give the park a sense of eerie surrealism and even an apocalyptic look, end quote. It's that kind of presentation that always just seems creepier to me for some reason. This eeriness kind of reminds me of abandoned schools or hospitals where it looks like whoever once roamed the grounds just kind of up and left with their clothes on their backs and nothing else. Based on presentation alone, Mimalan looks to be a haunted hotspot. But is it truly the most haunted place in Malaysia? That is one of the claims I came across online. It kept saying Mimalan the most haunted place in Malaysia. But is it really? I am also still thrilled I finally covered a haunted hotspot from Malaysia. Finally. And just so you know, I'm always looking for non-North American haunts to cover on the show. I will apologize profusely if I mispronounce anything. I did my very best, I swear, to try and jolly phonics things, but you know me, words are hard, and hi, that's I guess why I have a podcast is to learn how to speak better, maybe? question mark. Anyways, let me know your thoughts on today's episode topic over on the show's social media accounts or shoot me an email. And if you or someone you know has ever been to this week's distraction being Mimaland and had a weird experience, send your tale my way to be featured on a future listener distractions episode. Just as a small little plug, I'm always collecting stories, so if you've been sitting on one that you want to send in but just haven't because you're like, oh, maybe her inbox is overwhelmed, well, don't worry about it. Just send it my way. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming Weird Distractions or any podcast on a podcast platform that allows you to leave a rating or review, please consider leaving a rating or review because that is the best way and the cheapest way, because it's free, to support your favorite podcasts. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an episode is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find Weird Distractions over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and on TikTok. Do you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month? Why not join one of two tiers over on the Weird Distractions Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content, such as bonus episodes and bonus series, such as the Even Weirder series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early and ad-free access to regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to www.patreon.com slash weirddistractionspodcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Jennifer, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you and appreciate your support so much. Without you, Weird Distractions may not be what it is today. Lastly, I want to hear from you. I would love to collect your stories of paranormal encounters, too close to home true crime cases, maybe even some weird MLM experiences, or maybe just in general weird things that you've encountered so that I can continue to release the Listener Distraction series. And you might be tuning in for the first time and you might not know what I'm talking about. This is a series that Christy and I originally started where we would read your personal experiences on air. If you have a story you want to share, please email me at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections needed to be made after today's episode, please let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye.